0: friends, and welcome back to Sunday Replay. My name is Jace, and this episode is actually a little bit hard for me because it marks my last weekend with the Harmony Faith community in person. After this week, I'll be moving to Denver, Colorado, and while I'm still excited to engage with all of you through Harmony's podcast network, as well as social media and continue to serve alongside the faith community— This weekend was tough for me to say goodbye to my faith family and the community that God has given me that I've been so blessed with, but I think that this week's sermon is especially powerful because it's all about being present with joy during the Advent season. So here's Pastor Mark to share about joy.
1: So we are currently delving into an Advent sermon series that is entitled The Gift of Being Present. Uh, in which we are exploring how it is that we are to be the gift of presence for our loved ones, for our communities, and for those who need it most of all. Uh, Last Sunday, we focused on being present with hope. And this coming Thursday evening, during the special Blue Christmas recording of worship service, which uh, is going to be available and and is online, but I'm going to share more about that in the announcements Um, The theme about that one is going to be being present with peace. Well, this morning, we're going to delve into being present with joy. So, (laughs) for the past few months, uh, here's something I've been personally implementing into my life. It's a daily spiritual practice. And so, uh, the alarm goes off on my cell phone, uh, wakes me up. And so, and the practice itself takes about 20, 30 minutes, and so what I do is I begin with meditating, and then it leads into prayer and the Lord's Prayer, and then I conclude it by saying three times, this is the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. And then after the three times, I boldly state, I am awake, (laughs) ready to start the day the Lord has made indeed. Well, this week as I was writing this message that I'm sharing with you, the verse from Psalm 118, 24, came to mind, which I'm now going to paraphrase for you to say, God created this day for you and for me. How special is that? So in this moment, let's experience joy. Let's be happy. Amen? Well, it got me to thinking then about the difference between happiness and and joy, which, you know, I'd like to explore this more in depth, but that's going to have to be at a later time, all right? But in a nutshell, a nutshell, happiness is an emotion. It's a temporary state of feeling. Uh, more, It's more situationally based. It's uh, got these external factors it's associated with, such as achievements and uh, life events, relationships. Joy, on the other hand, well, it... <laughs> It's more intense. It's a transcendent emotion, a lasting state of being. You know, yeah, guess what? We all know what challenges are life and the tough situations, and we've got life stresses. Those are all around us. And those can lower our feelings of happiness. However, during these times, we can still be joyful Because unlike happiness, joy comes from deep within, from our very soul. I firmly believe this that joy is happiness combined with the Spirit of the Lord. The two, you see, they come to meet inside of us. We were each created to rejoice, we were created to be joyful. For joy is who we are a part of us and who we are. Yet sometimes, yeah, you know what? We get caught up in the chaos of life or joy can get covered up. And this is when it's so important for us to be alert and aware and mindful that helps us to uncover that which tends to overshadow us so that it helps us to see and to feel the joy that's emanating from within. And so I'm going to invite Julia Dennis to come forward and she's going to share a little bit more about what I'm mentioning here. Ready?
2: I'm ready. Yeah. Come they told me pa rum. A newborn king to see. Our finest gifts we bring.
1: Right, okay. So all the rum pa pa
2: is the beat to which my son kicks my belly with. (laughs) No seriously, his beat is strong and steady and I feel him moved and I am zapped into the moment. No more mind wandering, no more scattered thoughts. Boom, there he is. And it's such a different experience being pregnant during Christmas. I find myself thinking much about Mary and her lack of sterile accommodations. Um, But how did Jesus kick? And when did he kick? Did he kick when he was hungry? Did he kick after she had a snack and he was grateful? Did he kick when Joseph would sing with her? I wonder about all of those things. And then, boom, my mind wanders. Oh, no, my speech. Hold on. (laughs) My mind wanders. And then, boom, another kick. And here I am smiling with all-encompassing love. For our
3: little baby, chilling in my belly. And I am joyful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Julia, for sharing that baby kick into joy moment with us. Which is, it's a great lead-in as we consider today's centering scripture passage that comes from us from Luke 1, verses 1 through 55, uh, uh, telling us about an interuterine recognition story. It's an absolutely marvelous story of being present with joy. So, and by the way, I just want to point out in this passage, Elizabeth had a husband, and his name was Zachariah. And Zachariah, uh, he was at that time the officially sanctioned priest. Uh, but now you're going to notice in the reading of the Scripture, did you hear anything coming out of his mouth? No. He was, he was silent, but he, he was there. He was there. And you can learn more about why he was silent if you will read Luke 1, verses 5 through 25. Now, when I say silent, this man is on mute. He was struck silent, which means there's no Mary, did you know, mansplaining going on, right? <laughs> Elizabeth, in this story, she's the one that functions as the de facto prophet. And right at the start, it's, it, this is beautiful. I want you to imagine, I want you to visualize this. Here are two women of different generations, and they come together and connect with a heartfelt greeting. They have been isolated from one another. And that's something that we can relate to, right? Just think back to the pandemic when we were all experiencing isolation. When we all finally emerged from isolation and you saw your family and your friends, what did you experience? Deep connection and, dare I say, utter joy, right? That same thing's happening with these women. And the joy continues through this story. The joy of John the fetus getting an early start on his call to prepare the way for the Lord. Upon hearing the sound of his aunt, she's pregnant with Jesus. There's joy from Elizabeth, seeing Mary and realizing by John's baby kick this blessing and asking, why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. And then there's Mary's song, also known as the Magnificat, expressing joy and gratitude. Mary is attuned and fully aware of, of God's holy presence and holiness. And she acknowledges the greatness of the Mighty One in this song as well as the profound impact of God's actions on the world. And her magnificent words convey a sense of appreciation and anticipation and joy regarding the fulfillment of the divine Creator's promises and the arrival of the Messiah. Mary is Filled with joyous hope. And because you know what? There's going to be an establishment of a new order. And that new order is going to bring salvation and redemption to humanity. And another aspect that I I love in this passage is how Mary and Elizabeth are mindfully present with one another. They are going through one of life's most transformative experiences gestating and raising a child. Two marginalized pregnant women carrying the future and together they see more clearly than they do as individuals, sensing the divine at work in their lives. Now, are there lessons to be learned from Elizabeth and Mary about being present with joy? Without a doubt. And I'm gonna give you three examples, just three examples. One, an important aspect of joyful connection is our physical presence. Now, while it may not always be feasible to physically be there with someone, to do so shows that we're making an effort to share in each other's joys and challenges face to face. And harmony, that can be so meaningful, so meaningful on the soul level life-transforming even, and I have been on the giving and the receiving end of this. Have you? And together, you see more clearly than you do as an individual. Second example is when we are truly present with joy, this is when our hearts and our minds, they're fully clear; they are uncluttered, which allows for a flow, an unimpeded flow, in which we are able to express deep support and uplifting encouragement. And in this openness of being present, we recognize and we understand each other's spiritual and emotional states, which elevates us. And a third example is in being present with joy, it involves celebrating. Celebrating each other's blessings and expressing gratitude for what God is doing in our lives. And we are then moved and we are inspired to sing our own Magnificat. To rejoice and be glad in this day that the Lord has made. Now these three examples remind me of Jace Lucas. Who is one of my closest friends. If not my closest friend. It's easy for me to be present with joy when I'm around Jace. And I can speak his accolades all day long, but I'm not going to do that today. All right. But what I am going to do is I'm going to reference to a trip to the Grand Canyon that we took in mid-October. And that trip we experienced enabled us to become bearers of joy. These three examples remind me of Jace, and you see friends Joy isn't something that we can summon. Joy isn't something that we can manufacture. It is something in which we are able to be a part of. And to allow ourselves joy, Jason and I intentionally carved out three days in our crazy schedules to be together in which we shared during that time about the joys and the challenges happening in our lives. It was an opportunity for us to be real and authentic and genuine with one another, and by doing so, we were able to connect on a soul level, which enriched the entirety of that experience. That could have just been a long drive to, hey, look at the Grand Canyon, and then a long drive back. And the beauty of this trip being present with joy with one another was also our willingness to be open to spirit, connecting with the ever-present God, and to be fully attentive and mindful of God's awe-inspiring and splendid presence and creation. Now, look, I'm not going to answer for Jace because But for me, it was an opportune transformative time that I personally needed so I could allow myself to be present, not having to zoom here, there, and everywhere, not having to do this, that, and another thing, which is often, look, it's often the case in my life. I was just able to be me, and that filled me with absolute joy, laughing, being in the moment, expressing gratitude, creating a wonderful shared memory, And neither of us were in a rush during this. We just let the days unfold as they went, rejoicing and just being glad in them. And together we sensed the divine at work in our lives, where happiness combined with the Spirit of the Lord created joy. And I am so grateful to Jace for that joy-filled shared experience. All right, Harmony, I'm going to conclude my message with these words as Rev. Jefferson comes forward to prepare us to receive the Sacrament of Communion. As the late author and motivational speaker Wayne Dyer once said, when you dance, your purpose is not to get to a certain place on the floor. It's to enjoy each step along the way. Hmm. So, This is what I encourage all of us to do. Let's be present with joy, and let's enjoy each step along the way. Let us be present so that that gift that each of us has, that we are present for others, that we are expressing those thoughts and those actions and those actions and just everything that we're doing, it glorifies God. Because faith community, I want you to know this. If anything else you get in this message, this is what I want you to get. Be the gift of you. Be the gift of you. Because in this season, and that's going for all the seasons, all right? The gift of you, that is truly the best gift of them all. Amen? Amen. Amen.
0: It's time for the Sunday Replay Halftime Show, where every week we take a few moments to share with you about a few of the things happening in the faith community. First and foremost, make sure you are checking out the Christmas devotionals that are posted online and on our social media throughout the month of December. We started posting these on December 3rd. You can find them on uh, the Hollywood UMC website, on our stories on Instagram, and on Harmony Stories on facebook and if you have any questions about the devotions you can contact Devin, that's d-e-v-o-n at hollywoodumc.org but these are daily devotionals they run through christmas day and every day it's an opportunity to get a glimpse into the spiritual inspiration provided for advent by a member of the faith community and some of our pastoral staff so be sure to check that out Also on December 21st at 7 p.m., we're having a hybrid blue Christmas experience. So this is our annual service for those dealing with loss or sorrow or pain or grief during the holiday season. And it is a Christmas worship experience, but it's specifically designed with those tough elements of the Christmas season in mind. Now I say this is a hybrid opportunity because you can watch it premiere live at 7 p.m. on Harmony's Facebook page, at Harmony T.L., but you can also join us in person on campus at church that evening, 7 p.m. on the 21st, where Pastor Mark is hosting a small gathering with some refreshments and a live viewing of the recorded service. So if you're interested in having that experience with others and with pastoral staff who can support you through the tough emotions of the Christmas season, be sure to join us in person. And if you have questions about Blue Christmas, make sure you contact pastor mark that's m-a-r-k at hollywoodumc.org also this week on the harmony podcast network we have a new episode of inner harmony premiering so as always this comes out on wednesday and we hope you'll check it out and hear all of the wisdom and inspiration that comes from spiritual meditation Thank you for listening to The Halftime Show. Now we have a really special Our Story conversation coming up with Pastor Mark. So here's me interviewing our pastor. So every month we take an opportunity to learn about someone else in our story, right? And I, I think it's so interesting how this uh, process has evolved over the course of this year because this was your idea mm. and it was an opportunity i think when you explained it to me the first time for us to engage with other people and learn their stories and how each of our individual stories contributes to god's larger story so where did that idea come from oh
1: uh, well that's of course a god inspiration <laughs> moment uh i have the distinct pleasure as a uh, as your pastor and as a pastor that I get to hear everyone's stories, and they're so inspiring, and the depth and just the breadth of just such love and compassion, but and also just the ups and downs. And I thought, why just leave it with me? And why not have these stories that are part of our being, the fabric of our being, that we share those wide with each other, uh, which lifts us up and, and builds us up as a faith community? And I just felt God tugging on my heart to, to bring that to the leadership team and just say, this is what we, we should do.
0: And uh, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about your story. So birth to now, <laughs> can you give us the like three minute Mark story?
1: Woo, three minutes. I was born. Uh, <laughs> gosh, the Mark story. Uh, okay, very quickly. Military uh, Military brat. Uh, left that to uh, work on a ranch with my parent, my dad, uh, raise, uh, raised 300 cattle, uh, went from there, uh, graduated from Austin College with a master's degree in education, went to Houston, uh, was an auditor, but uh, also part of the theater industry there. Uh, talent agent saw me in Houston, said, hey, come to L.A., we'll represent you. I then moved to Los Angeles to uh, be an actor, and also then started delving into writing. Got a lifetime movie out of that, Uh, directing plays here in Los Angeles. I've done over 60 uh, plays, and then I I fell into ministry. Oh, I was also a business administrator. Well, uh, an academic dean at a business college. Throw that one in. And then uh, God led me to Hollywood UMC. Uh, I was already a member there, and an opening occurred for a business administrator, became the business administrator, so I was able to use my BA uh, in financial administration aspect of that. I started that, uh, and then God opened up. God has been always, since birth, I will say this, since birth, God has been knocking on the door saying, Mark, you should be in ministry. Mark, you should be a pastor. And I kept going, I am not answering that door. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, uh, but God has a way of getting what God wants, just saying. And uh, so, God kept knocking on my heart as a business administrator. I started leading mission trips. The conference uh, started elevating me, and Bishop Cedric saw something in me that I didn't see. Uh, and I kept, I kept holding God at bay in regards to this call. And then in 2016, and Thanksgiving, I think I'm getting close to that, three minutes. Uh, Thanksgiving of uh, 2016, the conference and their wisdom, the cabinet and Bishop Hagia, uh, wanted to change things up at this campus, which was having some struggles. And uh, they said, Mark, we want you to go to this campus. It was not known as Harmony. And we want you to be the pastor. <laughs> and I was like, what? I'm not an ordained elder. And, and so I was making all these excuses. I said, you know what? I'm going to pray about it. I prayed about it. Uh, I prayed about it in Las Vegas. Uh, That's where I do my <laughs> praying also. <laughs> and and uh, I heard God's voice in Las Vegas. <laughs> and, and God said, Mark, I've been knocking on that door a long time. And I was able, Jace, to reflect and that's a big thing for me is I like reflecting because then I can see the trajectory of things. And I saw at that juncture everything that God had done in my life to build and open up that door at that point. And that's when I went, okay, I'm ready. Um, and so in 2017, January, that's when we started uh, Harmony. And there you go. That's the
0: three-minute version. Wow. Nothing <laughs> like trying to fit decades into three minutes. And if you want to hear more about Pastor Mark's individual story and all of those things, he'll be on the podcast soon, so you get to hear yeah, about that in 2024. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so you came to LA as yeah. an actor. Yep. Yes. So I've heard you before define yourself as a creative. Mm-hmm. Do you see God in creativity? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> totally. Mm. From the very get-go. Yes. What, are, what, what is the connection there? Like, God, creativity, where do you see those two things intersecting? Oh, gosh, I think the whole thing is creativity.
1: There, God is creativity. Uh, everything that's built within us, it's, it's always interesting. I may be going down a path you don't want me to go down, but here it goes. I, d- I just think that every, everybody in here, every one of us, those online listening, you are creative. You, you have been created to be creative. Uh, often, though, we put up roadblocks and obstacles to say, "Oh, you know, I'm 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 not artistic, or I am not a singer, or I'm not this, or I'm not that." And it's like, no, you you are artistic, you are creative. It's just not the way you may define it. Creativity is not linear. It doesn't have to be linear. And and I I just think that's the beauty about God is God is bringing all of us into this fabric. I, it's just like. You may be in that fabric, uh, uh, the color pink. Well, I may
0: be the color blue.
1: Is that beautiful or not? Well, that's creativity.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's such a good um, explanation of God's creativity. I love that. So going back to your story a little bit, mm. you mentioned towards the end of the three minutes that you felt God's call into ministry. But do you remember where in your story you first like, felt or saw God? Well, I first
1: saw God when I was three years old. Uh, I, I won't go into all the circumstances, but I do remember uh, seeing a light when I was three. I, it was a very traumatic experience, but uh, God's light, I, I, I saw it shining and it, and it uh, enveloped me to say I was being protected and cared for and loved and so i remember that was the very first experience i think probably god's k- first knocking on the door was probably when i was 13 and i preached you preached yeah i was asked as the youth this happens with sometimes with youth oh, yeah. to step up and go into the pulpit and mm-hmm. and give a message and and that's when someone in the congregation said,
0: you should be a preacher. And I was like, mm-mm. Look,
1: look at, at you now. And
0: now, look at me now, right? What I brought you. <laughs> you know, another aspect that I have loved to learn about you over the past couple years, Pastor Mark, is that you like to cook. Well, I, yes, I do. And that's creative. That is creative. So what is uh, your favorite dish to make right now?
1: Ooh. I, uh, I love to bake pies. I love to bake pies, uh, also I like to make soup, mm-hmm. um, but the pies, uh, that is a creative experience all into itself, especially if you're trying to make a gluten-free pie, um, <laughs> but I, I, I like, uh, it's like, I have a southern pecan pie, I have a chocolate chess pie, I have a buttermilk pie, mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and you're like, woo, bring them, bring them. <laughs> Why are we having that for brunch? <laughs> uh, so, but no, I, I, I think the thing about cooking, um, which I, when I was a child, I was not allowed in the kitchen. I was, that was, that was women's work, you see, yes, because I came from the South. Men were not supposed to be in the kitchen. We could be out grilling, but we can't be in the kitchen. But, um, but I was a Boy Scout, and, uh, of course, we learned how to cook outdoors. <laughs> but, useful. Yes, useful. useful. <laughs> uh, but I only started, um, I think, during my uh, when my mother's health started declining, I started looking for joy. And joy for her was cooking, and I felt like a part of her could be lived in me by starting to cook her recipes. Mm. And so when I cook, I feel her presence. Mm. Uh, my mother passed away in May, so but I feel her presence and I feel that joy uh, emanating from within. And so that's another reason why
0: I like n- baking pies. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I always think about you in baking when I try to think of how to describe you because Uh, Pastor Mark mentioned that he's had to learn how to make gluten-free pies. (laughs) Well, you're not gluten-free. No. Um, Pastor Mark learned how to make gluten-free pies because he knows I love his baking. And my partner is a celiac, so he can only have gluten-free dishes. And so Pastor Mark learned how to make gluten-free pies so that he could partake. And now every pie I get is (laughs) Uh, gluten-free. But I think that says a lot about you and how you like to you know, serve others, both Mm. physically serving the meals, but also, you know, in any way that you can. And you mentioned that you learned cooking from your mother. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there other life lessons that you learned from your mother? Because I've heard so many great things about her. Well, my mother was very artistic. She was creative. Uh, You know, there's something,
1: it's funny, there's something that most people don't know. uh, uh, So here we go. Something creative about me. You don't even know this. Uh, when I, I was a big Spider-Man fan, just saying, big Spider-Man fan. Some of you already know that, Tommy and Julia. Uh, but um, the thing that you don't know is that when I was uh, eight years old, I uh, wrote to Stan Lee, and I had created a villain for Spider-Man. And I wrote him, and, I, and it was a drawing uh, contest, And I sent it in. Now, of course, my mother was like, good luck. That's not going to happen. And I got a reply from an art school that said that when I graduated from high school, if I was still interested, they would give me a scholarship. Wow. Yeah. They would give me a scholarship. And Stan Lee wrote me back and said, that's a great villain. Of course, he didn't use it, but he said it was a great villain. So, hey. So, anyway, that's something you don't know about me right there. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, so that creativity came from my mother. From my dad, I will say I learned outreach. I learned from my dad uh, humility and outreach. There's many things that my dad did without tooting his own horn, without saying, hey, this is what it did. Uh, and so I learned from him the importance of giving back. And that's one of the reasons why I have loved leading mission trips and uh, just, just being with people who need uh, love. Mm. And I think that ties in a, to the sermon series about the gift of being present. Because when you're present with someone in need, sometimes that's all they need. Mm. That's all they want is to know that they're loved and uh, a perfect example of that in our faith community, I look at Beth Mueller, and Beth has been on, uh, you know, to help people on Skid Row before, mm-hmm. and and the thing is, is that she's she's just there, and sometimes all she is is she's just expressing love for that in other individual. Other times, of course, she's handing out socks or supplies or whatever else. But I, that's what
0: I learned from my dad. Mm, yeah, I love that. Wow, and that kind of takes us really well into the last question I want to ask you because we are running out of time but I want to touch on one part of your story Mm -hmm. um, before we go because you are a radically inclusive person and it's Mm -hmm quite possibly my favorite trait about you, of the many great and wonderful parts of you. I I love how you strive to make everyone feel included. And that started for me in our conversation, you know, the first time I visited Harmony and hearing you say the word that this is an affirming and inclusive church. And then uh, many people don't know, Pastor Mark and I, after I had visited Harmony maybe like three or four times, I asked you to get coffee because I wanted to know more about the church. And it was the first time that we kind of sat down one-on-one and Mm you were asking me questions about my boyfriend and about my life and I realized as a gay person, like, you affirm me as a beloved creation of God and then, Mm -hmm. you know, in working with you and uh, sitting in meetings, we talk about diversity and how can we make sure that we are representing all of the different groups of peoples within our congregation and as my friend, you know, even making gluten-free pies, like, you've shown me so many ways to be inclusive of other people so kind of as our conclusion to this our story conversation can you quickly summarize like what inspired that inside of you to want to be so inclusive of all people and what message as a pastor Hmm. do you have for those who maybe don't feel included by the church That's a loaded question. (laughs) I mean, that's a sermon all to to itself. Oh, my gosh.
1: Because I'm just getting a flood of stuff, uh, Jace, around that. Um, hmm. I think as a child, um, I didn't feel included. um, And so I had to force my way into being included, uh, figuring out how to weave. I was a skinny a uh, little runt of a kid who finally grew up. Um, I guess you could call me the ugly duckling. Um, but I was the underdog. Um, and I always fought. And I thought, why do I have to fight? Why do people have to fight to be who they are? Why can't we accept and love individuals as they are, no matter what's, how they've been created? And so that, I think, from the very get-go has been instilled within me by uh, the Lord. Um, other things, though, as uh, I've mentioned before, which is extremely part, uh, an important part of my journey, is when I was in college. So I thought I was being inclusive of everyone, uh, but I realized I wasn't when I met. Uh, for the first time, I experienced being in the presence of someone who admitted they were gay. Um, and so I was 19, uh, and I had no clue what it, what that meant. And then when I... Uh, and they told me about the church and how they had been ostracized and how they had been taught that they were going to hell and that they were taught that... They were choosing this lifestyle and that they were an abomination. And I remember as they had shared this, because we were all, this person and I were already friends. And so And I thought to myself going, "That doesn't make any sense. I don't get that. It's not computing." And so that began my journey in delving into the LGBTQ community and understanding a part of my own self, as well as trying to relate to others about what this means, and, and I remember telling him, I was like, why would God send you to hell? I don't get it. And so, you know, I talked to other pastors, and they were going, yeah, he's going to hell. Uh, but then I would talk to a couple, and th- at, at times that was hard. It's hard to hear from a pastor when they say you're going to hell. Why do you want to go mm-hmm. to church? Yeah. Right? I know I'm preaching now, but, you know, but I mean, that, that's so much hurt, right? When you're judged, that uh, God bless every one of you in this room that have ever been hurt by the church and you have come through those doors. I, seriously, God bless you, because I know there's been a lot of church hurt in this room. I've been hurt by the church. But when you've been judged in that way, that's almost like you're glutton for punishment. And I don't want that for you. I love all you people. I love you in the depth of my soul just like God has called me to do that, we should do that for each other. Why wouldn't we lift each other up and affirm one another? We're on a path to glorify God, and it is not a choice. That's how you were made. You were created. So, that's my little mini-sermon. Amen. Amen.
0: And I think that perfectly summarizes God's love that you present to all of us every day. So, Pastor Mark, thank you for this conversation. Can we have another round of applause for Pastor Mark? Thank you. And just one more time, I want to remind you, if you want to hear more of Pastor Mark's story, uh, more about him as a person, his experiences, as well as his love for God, you can check out our story, the podcast. He'll be on an episode close to Easter. So you've got a couple months to catch up on all the other episodes. But um, I do want to thank you for having this conversation with me. Thank you. All right. hope you enjoyed that conversation and gained some inspiration as well as insight into our spiritual leader and all that he gives to our faith community. I know that on last week's episode, I said that you would hear um, a conversation with the owner of Red Maple here in Toluca Lake, but we're actually saving that conversation for you. So it is coming in a few weeks to help you kick off our first episode in 2024. But in the meantime, we're really excited about all of the other conversations sermons and spiritual inspiration that we have prepared to get us through the end of 2023 i want to thank you for listening to this episode of sunday replay where our guests were pastor mark stevenson and me jace lucas as well as the harmony worship band this episode was produced by donna miller and hosted by jace lucas and sunday replay is a part of the Harmony Podcast Network from Harmony to Luca Lake, a campus of Hollywood United Methodist Church. You can find us on Facebook and also on Instagram and the handles are different. So on IG we're at Harmony underscore TLC please be sure to like, rate, comment, and subscribe to this episode. You can also download it and share it with a friend. And next week, we'll be having a special Christmas episode. It comes out one day after Christmas, but it's never too late to celebrate. And that'll be a meditation service led by Reverend Jefferson Beaker. So we hope that you'll join us. But until then, I hope you have such a Merry Christmas. And as Pastor Mark always likes to say, peace.